So hi everyone, it's Gracie with Self Care with Gracie, and we're back right now with our last episode of the From Guilt to Greatness five week series. We've been moving from our need to cling to control, and and this is for women. I'm, I'm curious which men are out there resonating with it too. But um, just what I've tended to observe in myself and with my clients is that we start off wanting to be smaller and kind of clinging to our control. And it's tracked the journey of how we move from there into really fully embracing our power and, and what that's all about. And what when I was coming up with this idea with, with Caroline, who was on the first episode, we thought about this idea of when we have control, we kind of cling to things, which is like a inward embracing. Well, it's like an inward hugging. And then we thought about embracing at the end, which is actually the same action, but the energy behind it is really different. And so I think there's this this feeling that I've been observing as we've been moving through these um, last five weeks of conversation is that we're, it's, it's the same thing that we're bringing things towards us and we're stepping into challenges and all of that, but just our attitude or orientation towards everything that we're experiencing comes from a different place. And I'm going to venture to say that I think that place is moving from a, a place of fear and of scarcity that we're not enough into this, um, this fear, this fear, this, this embracing of, of our abundance and, and all that we do have to offer and all the ways that we can support each other in that. In this past week, we, in the United States, we have been going through a lot of big change, which I know has brought up um, many fears for people. And um, a lot of that can be fears around scarcity of, of people being hurt or not, or not, sure if our jobs will be there, not sure what our environment will look like, not sure what the, the human rights are going to look like. And I know for myself, I have to like consciously slow down a few times a day and, and remember to ground and practice my self-care. So I hope that this podcast that I'm doing with um, the lovely Michelle, hi, Michelle. Hi, Gracie. Hi. Is will help us to, to put um, like the finishing piece on, on what it is to really step out and dare to be great and all that comes up along with that. So just to give a little background on Michelle, who's, who's a very special person to the self-care work and, and to me is that Michelle and I started working together, was it, it was last year? Um, yeah, it was last year. Wow. It feels wow. so much longer ago than that. <laughs> so much has happened. So much. Yeah. And Michelle and I worked together. We did, um, we did a, a six months together working privately and, and Michelle was just ready. I, I think you maybe didn't know exactly what you were ready for, but I think you knew you, you didn't want to be doing what you've been doing. Yeah. And, and so we worked a lot on your, just, I think your grounding and your self care and your routines and sleeping and pretty, pretty basic things. And, and always what amazes me about the self-care work is that we work on really basic things like how to get grounded, how to stay connected to ourselves, how to, how to use that in relationship. And then the magic takes over. Cause I, I think what Michelle has gone through in this is, uh, past six months, really, um, since, since kind of completing our work and she's changed her, her career. She's really gotten a vision for where she wants to go. Um, although I know that with, with everyone's vision, it's still kind of like being formed right now. So I want to, I want to go into that when we talk and, um, and that really you've, you've dared to be great. I think you're daring to be great right now. <laughs> and I want people who are listening to really, um, to, to be in this conversation with us. Cause it's, I hope you hear that daring to be great doesn't mean you have it all figured out or you're coming to it with this perfect, you know, five year plan. And so what I, what I, 
I'm hoping we can talk about today is, is how to hold a vision and how to, how to hold that vision through challenges and setbacks and, and how to, how to orient to like the bigger why, why we do, why we take these risks and why we dare to put ourselves out there in the world. So thank you so much for being with us and for, for sharing with us. It's such an honor to be here and to be having this conversation with you. You know, I'm one of your biggest fans and so deeply appreciate the work that we did together and the way that it's really just led to changing my life in the most beautiful, fulfilling ways. <laughs> Awesome. Well, could you, could you talk a little bit more about that of like what, what the self-care that, that um, you worked on or we worked on together, how that, how that shifted you and how that opened up the way to like you making these life changes? Yeah, sure. Well, you know, I always like to tell people that when we started working together, I was like self-care. Yeah, it's fine. I got it. Like I, I had these other kind of slightly undefined goals that I really want to work on. You're like, yeah, okay, but we're going to put self-care in there anyway. And then I just really started, like, I didn't understand what self-care was really before we started working together. And the shift that it really opened up shocked me. You know, it, it not only helped me feel more kind of rested in my body and in my mind, but then it also opened up to show me what some of those habits were masking, which I think is, you know, some of the really big things. Like I was, you know, running around all of the time because I had this fear of loneliness. And, you know, I didn't have routines for going to bed and waking up because they were horrible, lonely times of the day. And I was just trying to distract myself. There was a lot of distracting going on for me. And then I realized that you know, my eating and my sleeping habits weren't in tune with my body and getting in tune with your body. I mean, it's, it's the vehicle that is bringing you through to all of this. And so when it's kind of humming along in a happy way, you can just do so much more and hold so much more space for yourself, um, for the challenges. And, you know, and once you start to get that taste of like, oh, this habit change is really I'm, I'm noticing some pretty profound impacts from it. Like, okay, I want to try the next one and I want to try the next one. And um, yeah, it's really, it really opened up a lot of um, not only just being more comfortable in my body and having a clear mind, um, but also just showing me where the other blocks and fears were that I was really just living in and didn't even realize that I was too busy to realize that. I, I, I love how you say that too, that it's like, um, that that we can spend so much time running from something that we don't really, we haven't even taken the time to fully examine the truth of what that is. Cause what I observed with you is that once you first, the first thing was just the self-awareness that of like, okay, I'm, I feel like I don't want to focus on going to bed early. Cause that makes me feel lonelier, which is like, so the, how I went through like my, when I decided that I wanted to start to go to bed earlier, it really made me face some aloneness too. And, but like once I, I think you investigated it like really quickly that feeling changed from what I observed. Is, is, that, mm. is that what you observed for yourself? It really did. And, you know, it was finding things that felt, well, I think first facing that and naming it is, is a huge first step and also just helped me release some of that. And then finding ways to create joy in those moments. Like I, in the morning I instituted 
no rush policies. I used to always rush. I would get up late. I was going to work. I was going to a job that I didn't like. And, you know, I wasn't giving my cats enough attention. I wasn't eating a decent breakfast. Like everything was just unhappy. And so by instituting like non-rush mornings and putting into place, um, you know, options of different things that brought me joy was, um, yeah, it was really, it was really powerful. And then coupling that with, um, the other work that we did together around vulnerability, um, really also helped, um, me to push through that, that fear, that those feelings of aloneness. I, I think that the vulnerability piece of this, all the self-care work is, it always amazes me of how important that is. Um, it's part of the vulnerability is just admitting even that you feel alone. And I, I think the first time I ever shared that on social media, I remember I did this post and I, I was like, I feel lonely. Not like all the time, but like there are definitely like moments in every day where I feel lonely and I don't like the feeling. And, and I had some people wrote back right away being like, thank you so much. I feel lonely too. And some people called me and were like, are you okay? It's like, you're not supposed to say that. But I, once I said it and kind of felt that there are other people out there who felt the same way, like it really, I felt liberated as well. So I think that that's what vulnerability really offers us is the chance to, um, to be honest and to see that like, Oh man, the things that I think I struggle with are the things that everyone struggles with. And, and I think, um, that, that was just really powerful to, to watch how like quickly I feel like you move through those stages. <laughs> it was hard. <laughs> it was hard to start. I mean, I honestly was terrified. There were some conversations, you know, um, some of the work that I did was um, I wanted to be really okay being single and have a deeply rewarding and fulfilling life, regardless of whether or not I ever find a life partner. And talking about that and sharing that was just incredibly hard for me. And I was so scared of it. And, you know, some of the readings we did and then a lot of the coaching around ego, like what's the worst that's going to happen and talk to somebody you trust because they're going to treat you like a friend. And, um, you know, having some of those conversations, I was so nervous, but got so much out of them. And then it just made it easier to keep having those in, in thoughtful ways. And that is such a big piece, I think, of what has helped me transform inside myself my world outside of me or that that I'm living in um is that is that piece beautiful yeah well it's interesting having worked with you I'm like wow you seem like you did it so well (laughs) which is which is I think that that's something that like I know I can like I'll I'll just like when I'm finally hitting that vulnerable moment and I'm like crying and snotty and and it's like this is the least graceful moment ever and then I think that those are the moments of my life when I actually open up and make friends and people like I think they're actually like I think they're the ugliest moments of my life but I think they're actually the moments where I'm probably the most beautiful because it's there's they're so real and and that's how I really experienced you is just like I was so amazed by how how you just kept going. And so I'm curious about that. Like, what do you think the the bigger motivator was for you to go through the hard parts and to keep going, even when you had to deal with some of this really scary stuff inside of yourself? Well, um, I think a few things. One is that I, (coughs) excuse me, for at least a couple of years, just really was starting to feel deeply inside that I really wanted something different, but I didn't know what it was. And this is my shot. This is my shot. And we had, you know, these weekly 
um, points of connection and, you know, having somebody who is there with you, supporting you, helping reflect back to you, providing some guidance. That was incredibly um, like motivating piece of it. The other piece, quite honestly, was the financial commitment. You know, it was, I had never spent big sums of money on myself for something like this. And, you know, well, shoot, I'm going to spend that money. I'm, I'm going to commit to it. Um, and yeah, it, getting out on the other side, it's like, wow, that was beyond a, a great investment. But, um, and then also being around, um, hearing messages of people who had gone through this and who could, who've experienced, you know, creative living or brave living or, um, and that was, that was really important to me too, to be surrounded by a lot of messaging that like you can do this. To like see people who have come before and that they've gone through those hard parts and that they, it took them somewhere. Yeah, it took them somewhere. And, you know, keeping the bigger life picture in mind, you know, and like what it is that you really want and why it is so important and why it is that you can create it. Not, you know, maybe without tumbles and struggles, but, and it's just, isn't it worth it? And why would you sit here and hold yourself back instead of trying to go after it? Um, that was, that was really important to me. Mm, yeah. Well, well, what I think of why, cause I, I wonder this a lot and I like why certain people say they really want to change and they're, they express a lot of discontent with their life. And then when opportunities come their way, they don't take them. Like I'm always like, I think I'm always been a little bit more like you that I'm like, okay, if I'm not happy, let's do something about this. And I think every investment I've ever made in myself has paid off in so many ways. Um, and, and, and I marvel at it sometimes how that, it doesn't seem to be that connect, but what I, what I come to is that I, I think, I think we're afraid of our own power. Mm-hmm. Like, like I know that I am like, I have, I have like a real fear about like stepping into greater realms of power. Like it brings up a lot for me and that, um, the many like conscious and unconscious ways that I can hold myself back when I don't want to embrace that. I have a lot of power in situations. Do you, do you feel like what, what's your relationship like with your own power? Oh, the the message that was always in my head is, who am I? Who am I to do this? Who am I to be brave and try and create something new and different and buck the trends of what society tells me my life should look like? And um, so, yeah, that was especially, you know, I come from, um, you know, a blue collar family. There aren't very many role models in my life who have modeled this type of living. Um, and so it's, yeah, to, to me, it always came out as like, who am I? And that was, um, you know, sometimes there are moments I still um, struggle with that question when, you know, I get anxious or things are moving the way that I'd hoped. Um, but really having role models and being around and um, knowing that I do really have special gifts to share. Um, kind of owning that because we're supposed to be modest about that. We're supposed to, you know, feel like, Oh, you know, don't, don't say that you have gifts to share, but why not? And men do it all the time. So the great, the greatness, the, um, the grandiosity, like how to, how to take up space. And I, I think you bring up a really good point that like, 
culturally as women, we're taught to not take up space. And this can be everything from like the amount that our bodies are allowed to take up space. Like our bodies have to look a certain way to the level we're not supposed to raise our voices or to just even taking up space, like at, at the boardroom table, like, like we're not, we're, there's a lot of societal constraints around who a woman is allowed to be and how a woman is allowed to exercise her power and of course, this feels like incredibly pertinent, just like in the political realms and of this last week. And, and it's just, it's something that feels really sad to me is that like, what, when I think about what, what went down with Hillary, like, I just don't think that she had a way of moving in that, in that world that like, where she could truly be authentic. It's like, I think that that, especially that generation as they made inroads, like they just, they, they had to act like men and then when a woman acts like a man, it doesn't come off well. People don't like it. So it's sort of like damned if you do, damned if you don't. And that's that's been causing me a lot of pain in the last week of just like how, how it is that we're supposed to be if we want to be empowered. And how, to, how do we create a way that we can be empowered where we don't have to sacrifice like our essential nature in that way? Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely come through loud and clear. And, you know, it's it's one thing that leads me to believe that this work work is not just life-changing, it is societal. It has the, the power and the capacity to change who we are as communities and who we are as society. Like, I am so surprised how many people have said to me, you've inspired me to fill in the blank, or I'm just so like impressed by your bravery and it's, you know, a lot, mostly women actually who've been saying this and women of different generations. And so I feel like people just haven't been offered this example um, and offering it and then having people emulate it in a way that's authentic to them really has the power to transform, not just us as individuals, but us as a collective society. Yes. That's so beautiful. And I'm, it's, it, I'm so glad that that um, that you're getting that kind of feedback, <laughs> and it's it's really it's been so much of what the feedback I've gotten is too. Like I get that um, pretty often of people being like, just just watching you do your work makes me inspired that I can do something too. And 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 I think about it, and it's like I had a strong single mother, single working mother role model who modeled a lot of things in, in really positive ways for me. And then, you know, ways that like, I think generationally, like I wanted to do differently. And I think that's helped me, but also just meeting people who were, who had my background, who were yoga healers. And I think the healing professions have never really been compensated or honored. And I met, you know, a couple of role models who were like, no, you deserve, this is really valuable work. You deserve to be paid for it. You deserve to like put it out there in the world. And that, that shifted everything when somebody gave me support and permission that like I could do this. I just never seen it before. So it makes, it makes me inspired that it's like, if all we need is, um, is an inspiration and in support, like we can definitely do that. Like those are things that like we can, we can create because they're, they're renewable resources. Like we can always inspire each other and there's no end to like our ability to support each other. But I, I think, I think part of it maybe is demystifying that it has to be this really intricate formula or this is what I hear all the time. is like, I have to get more knowledge. I have to go back to school. I have to do all, like I have to complete a through K before I can even start to think about this. And I'm like, no, it's like right now, like you have skills, like you're smart enough, like you're inspiring enough. And like it, all the, all that stands between you and helping people is like just your willingness to like, to be great. to like, to embrace that. 
Yeah, no, so much of that. And I, I think it, it also touches back to this notion of we're just so programmed of this is, this is what your life should look like. These are the steps you take. These are the building blocks. This is what you, the pieces that you need to have a happy, good life. And, you know, I've just kind of shed all that in, in my life. And I was like, who says, who says that that's the way that it has to be? And I look at a lot of people, I look at my life the way it was before. And I'm like, well, they don't seem very happy. And, you know, so I think that it's, it's, it can be really hard to take off those glasses of the way that we look through how our life is supposed to look and what those building blocks are supposed to be. But once you do it, it just opens, opens your mind up. And I think it really frees you to see things and create things in a, in a different way. Absolutely. And your story reflects this so well. So, okay. So you did your self-care work and, and then what happened from there? Like, what did that start to open up for you and other, other levels? On other levels? Well, um, you know, my, I started to realize that, okay, I'm working in this job. I was a lawyer. I had a great job, great salary. And, but I didn't like the fact that to have that job, they wanted me to work crazy hours. And that was supposed to be a badge of pride too. And there was this intense demand for perfection for things that I thought, why does that need to be perfect? And why am I causing myself so much stress? And is this really the way that I'm spending my time? Um, And I started to realize I love to be outside. It deeply fills my soul. And I would spend all of this time. I was lucky enough to have an office with windows, but just looking outside from these windows. And I just felt like, no, I, I, I need to not have that barrier between me all the time. Um, And so, yeah. So then I wound up quitting my job (laughs) And, um, you know, I'm working on redesigning my life. And, you know, for me, my, the kind of design of who I am, I work in different ways, very different ways than, um, society tells us that we should work. And so learning that through actually human design, which I think that is going to be a, um, uh, a topic on your podcast at some point, but next week, next week, next Jill's week. coming on to talk to us about it. Yeah. And don't miss it guys. It's going to be great. But it also was reinforcing to me of the way that I understood that my life, my life can't work the way that society tells us that it, that it should work and look like it felt, it felt fundamentally wrong to me. And I got that confirmation that is fundamentally wrong to me. And now I'm just like, Oh, look, I'm shaking it all up and I'm redesigning it. And guess what? Things are working. (laughs) People might think I'm a little bit crazy, but things are working. Well, what I hear in there is that you traded in like societal approval for like your own inner knowing. And that once you found your own inner knowing of like that, that you trusted yourself that like, okay, if this doesn't feel right, it's because it's not right. And even if that means having to walk away from the dream, that it's, it's still like you have to be true to yourself. Like that, that like that inner knowing is, is worth trading in what other people think of you. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's one of those things that once you see it, you can't unsee it. And so it's like that inner knowing is just like, yeah, I don't have all the details figured out. And you probably never do because life is always changing, but 
it would be almost undoable for me to go back to that life. And I don't, I've never missed it once. I, I will say, you know, they're putting protections in place. Like, you know, I have a financial plan if, you know, things don't pick up as fast as I want them to. I have, you know, backup plans. Um, so that helps give me comfort um, that I don't need to figure, have it all figured out super, super quickly. But I've, I've never wavered once I saw that truth. Yeah, I, 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 I relate to that a lot. I think that once I, I, when I, when I worked in an office, I, I just felt so off for me. Like I just knew that like I wouldn't be able to do that. And then when I think about the, our, our paths in life is that it's like, we never really know exactly where we're going, but I think we can know if we're warmer or we're colder. And, and so everything that, that I've done, and this is kind of what I hear from you right now is like, it just, I could tell when I was colder and warmer. And right. So right now I'm like, like yoga was warmer and yoga was never it for me. Like I taught yoga for a long time and I, like, I enjoyed a lot of aspects of it, but I never would have told you that I wanted to teach yoga for the rest of my life but it felt like it was going in the right direction. And then it was teaching yoga that helped me to like really learn how to like use my voice and how to hold space and how to, you know, attracted a lot of, of um, students who ended up signing up for programs later on and gave me the, the kind of validity and background I needed to step into coaching and so many things that like, I, there's no way I could have planned this out. Like if I was like, this is where I want to be. Like it's, it's such an emergent journey, which makes it really exciting. And then it also makes it really scary because what I know is that it's not, it's not going to go the same. Like, it's like, I can't, I can't just like fill out those like projections for the next five years and like go to sleep and know that it's all going to be there. Like it's, it's like, it takes so much kind of like ear to my own heart of like, okay, what is, what is right? What is not right? And like starting to go in a direction of being like, no, this feels wrong. And I just went through that a couple of months ago where I just was trying to build a lot of stuff. And, it, and all of a sudden it hit me. I was like, this is not right. And so I scaled everything back. And it like, and then the relief I felt, I was like, okay, I'm back in alignment. But it can be really enticing, I think, to like, to kind of go off on what someone else says. Like for me, I know it's like the, my journey over and over again is really, is really trusting myself that like that inside of me, something knows, even if, if nothing outside of me can like give me feedback on that right away. Yeah. Tapping into that intuition and that inner knowingness is, is really key for me. Like I can feel like it might take me a little bit to realize that I'm feeling this struggle, but you know, like I had a time when I was like, I need to be hitting the pavement, getting things done, moving my projects forward. And then I realized, no, I really need to stop right now. And I don't quite know why, but I knew that I needed to slow it down. And when I am in alignment with myself, you feel the flow. And it's crazy how many affirmations you, like I've received when I'm really kind of in the flow and doing things right. Things come out of left field and I'm like what <laughs> um but it, it's really cool and so I think that that's really important to get in touch with that inner knowing and to really honor it that's beautiful and and I love what you said about the flow because I feel like that's that's my affirmation is the flow is like when things are lining up like that that's that's what tells me I'm in the right place and that's the most satisfying feeling that I know is actually being in the flow. So if that's, if that's all it is. Like if there's no end goal, like then, then the flow will be enough. 
Well, I'm curious, like, how do you, how do you tap into your intuition and your inner knowing? Like what helps you to do that? You said being in nature. Being in nature is really big for me. Um, and honestly, slowing down has really helped a lot. I was one of those people who ran around like a crazy person, like everybody in my life was like, you're the busiest person that I know. And I just loved it. And really slowing down and creating that space and that time for it. Um, and then also just, you know, I will do things like, you know, learning about my human design. I will get my tarot cards read if I need a little bit more feedback that I'm not really kind of just, I'm not feeling it all from, um, within me so clearly. Um, and you know, it's slowing down in the morning. I have a lot of time to think and I'm also a thinker. Um, and I used to like beat myself up for needing a lot of time to kind of sit and think and daydream a little bit, but that's just who I am. And a lot of important stuff comes out of that. So I've just created the time and space for it. Ooh, you like, you program it in like, yeah. And that make it okay. Yeah. That's so powerful because I, I, I imagine that many people who are out there listening judge themselves for qualities that if they actually prize themselves for those qualities, that they could be the, the things that would, that would transform everything. And, and I feel that for me, it's like, I'm really sensitive to other people. And I think I always viewed that like in my family, it was like, Oh, you're so sensitive. Like I always viewed it as such a liability. And what I realized in in the work that I do, like there's no way I could do this work without sensitivity of just being able to understand where somebody's at and like what, what someone can handle in a moment and what, what the next step is and that the sensitivity is, is actually the greatest gift that I have. And, and it's something I've heard a lot in the self-care work that, that I do with my clients is that it, it helps them to accept themselves more. It's not that you really change anything huge. It's more like you, you learn to care for yourself exactly as you are. And from there, often people see that like exactly as they are is exactly where they want to be. And like that they have all the tools they need to move forward. And, and that, like the next step is kind of almost obvious when it, when the time comes down to it, that it's not, it's not a really complicated process actually. Yeah. And isn't it funny that we were so programmed to not honor that, but I, and the nice extension of that for me has been like, I see the ways that I'm different from kind of what society tells us how we should be managing our day-to-day life, but it allows me to honor the differences in other people better too. Like I know me and you, Gracie, we have a lot of different um, makeups of like how we organize our days and, and use our energy and just like, oh, okay, that's cool. Like, I understand that you would do it that way. I would do it this way. And it, it's, it's, been, it's been nice because I feel more understanding of other people. Like compassionate? Would you say compassionate? Um, I think less judgmental, um, which I guess is the other side of compassion. Um, but I think it's just like I understand more. And it's like, okay, why would we all do it this one way anyway? <laughs> Mm, like that diversity is like the beauty. Mm, yeah. Or there's power in that. There's power in us doing it differently. Yeah, there sure is. Yeah. I I feel that. I feel like the, like this, the self-care work is like, it's just the rabbit hole of like, it's really, I think it's really taught me what diversity is all about. That diversity is not about like a value that we should be diverse even though like I think I held that before that I knew it was like there was a, a benefit to it. But I really feel now that when I work with groups, especially that the more diverse the group is, the more of a breakthrough everybody makes. And it's like, we're all holding these separate pieces. And then when we can 
create environments where we can bring them all together. Um, it's, it, it likes, it's like all the pieces of the puzzle fit and then it sets us all free. So I see now, like I look for like the most diverse groups I can possibly find because that's, that's how these coaching programs are so dynamic. And that it's, yeah, yeah. I've totally seen that too. Like the different puzzle pieces and if people are all allowed to operate in a way that like honors them and their gifts and the way that they, you know, go through their life, I think it'll, it'll, we will reap so much more from that. Yes. And that's what I most want. Like when I, when I hear the hateful rhetoric and I like out there, like it's not that I want them to stop saying the thing that they're, I mean, I do of course, but it's like, it's more like I want them to just flip it around and like, see like, wow, like this is this thing I'm fighting so hard against is actually the thing that would, that would liberate my own soul. And I know that's a big developmental leap for most of the people who are probably saying that, but I, I have a dream for that, <laughs> for us to see that that is, that is how that, and I think this is where the self-care work comes into it. It's like, I think only when we can really care for ourselves, do we know how to care for other people. And I think when only when we can learn to care for ourselves, we learn to accept ourselves. And when we learn to like really do that, then we can do that for other people. Cause we see that like the things that, you know, that there's, there's two sides to every quality that like the things that are our greatest strengths are also our greatest weaknesses. And that within the weakness and the vulnerability, there's power and that it takes all the right and the wrong out of it. And then it just does become like, how do we work with it? How do we make it, how do we make it ours? And how do we just, how do we share it with other people so they can also heal and, and be inspired and grow and, I think sharing it with other people comes so much more naturally than what I would have expected. And I think that really is rooted in taking care of myself and doing my self care. And the quality of care that I offer to people in my life now is higher because I feel sustained and grounded and happy and comfortable with myself. I feel that from you. It's really, and it's, it, you know what it does for me is it really, it sets me at ease when I'm in your presence and I feel you not in like a, like an inflated or like optimistic way, even it's just like a realness of like, like when I can feel that in someone's presence, when they're not fighting against themselves and they're being honest, like it, it gives me permission to do that for myself too. And, um, and, and then it, you're right. It just spreads. That's, that's where the self-care work has amazed me over and over is that it's that it really is leadership. Like it's a form of leadership and people, I think people follow the strongest energy in the room. And most of the time, the strongest energy in the room is kind of like this weird bravado. <laughs> but like, there's something about that really empowered feminine leadership of the, like you said, the grounded rooted quality that like, like is supporting the whole. Um, that like, I, I think people can't turn away from it. Like it's, it's just, it's, it's really captivating. It really is very captivating. And I've just really seen how many people are drawn to that. And it's so neat. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool. Um, well, I'm curious about like, like support, because again, this, this to me feels like such an, an, an essential element to, to us moving forward from where we are right now. And I have no idea where we're all going to go and how we're all going to move with this. But I, there is like this faith in me that like somehow this has an intelligence to it. I'll admit that even though I'm really angry about a lot of things too. But I, I think that if we're going to move forward, it has to involve deeper forms of support for each other. And I'm, I'm, I'm wondering like how, how you see the best ways that like 
you can support other people or how you need to be supported right now. Just, just to like really sp- spread that out there. <laughs> Ooh, that's, a, <laughs> that's a big one. Um, you know, the ways that, that I get support really are um, by connecting with the community. It's almost like I know people who I can have these types of conversations with. And that's really comforting when I'm like, things are, things are difficult. Um, Or, you know, I've also created some really safe and vulnerable places with a couple of key friends that, um, you know, I, I make myself reach out to, or they know, I, I can feel from her that I should reach out to her. So community is um, really, really important in the way that I get my support. You know, I keep some key books on my bedside and I keep some um, power thought affirmation cards on my bedside table. And I actually just kind of mix them up in the morning and pull one out and it's usually relevant. Um, and supporting other people, um, you know, I think for me, it's, you know, if, if they reach out, I will respond or I can make a little initial offering. And, you know, if they're interested, then we can kind of talk more or, you know, I could send you one of the books that I read or I could share with you my experience of how being brave to have this conversation really helped me. Um, working on how to support other people's in their journey, honestly, is something that I'm still really working on. So am I. <laughs> so, so am I. You're very good at it, though. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And I, and I, I, I hope to always be better at it, you know, that I think that this is something we're really learning how to do, how to, like, how to, in my coaching community that, um, that I'm part of, they, the, the statement is, like, we are for each other, that, like, your growth is actually my growth, and that your win is my win, and your pain and your loss is my pain and my loss. And I, I really strive for that and, and do it imperfectly. But, um, but I feel supported by you. I feel, I think like, I think like a quarter of the people signed up for the winter self-care 101 are people that, that read your Facebook post and wanted to sign up. So but that's, that's what I think one of the great things too, that is, um, that has come out of this is really shifting from the scarcity mentality to the abundance mentality, right? Like there are so many people I want to support because I'm not afraid we're we, there's enough for all of us to be provided for. So I am more than happy to share my amazing experience with you and encourage people who are ready and open to doing this work to sign up. Um, and I really hope that they will. And, you know, of course, it's always from the heart that I, that I share those posts. Beautiful. Well, thank you. And I love that you tied abundance into it because that's, I think that's where all this is going is how I, my bigger vision is like that, that we can switch to, we can, we can really balance between our, the masculine forms of leadership, which I think have a lot of value to them, but without the feminine to balance it, like they just go, they go off and, and it's damaging. And so, and I think what, like, we need to be mindful of course of, of resources and things like that. Like, but like the abundance that there's no end to like love and Alma, who's the hugging saint, she always, she just always gets me as she goes around the world and she's hugged 25 million people in her life. And, and like, it's, she shows me again and again, there's no, when you're in love, when you're in that state of love and care that there's no end to the amount of energy, because it gives you so much energy back and then you give it energy back. And that like, you're right, there's enough for everybody. And then I know right now there's, there's a great need for healers. And so I think like any of us in the healing industry should not at all feel scarcity because there's, there's a lot of demand only increasing. Yeah. 
Well, I hope people reach out. <laughs> oh. Well, thank you so much, Michelle, for, for your words. And for, I think story is just so important too. Thank you for sharing your story. Like your story means something. And, um, and I, f- I feel the abundance of you. I'll say that, that like just your own self-acceptance and, and your own just um, belief in life like that makes me feel more abundant so thanks for being alongside on this path as we like step forward maybe like two steps ahead of where we can see but like just knowing you're alongside me like that that makes me feel like I can keep doing it so I really I really appreciate your um your everything (laughs) oh thank you so much and no I mean it's really it's been a a, one of the biggest gifts of, of my life to get into this work and to really kind of free myself and feel like we can help really change people's experiences and our communities through this work. And like you said, I don't know exactly how it's going to happen, but I feel so moved and compelled and such deep belief in this work that um, I'm just so grateful we met each other. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Me too. And, And just for everyone who's listening out there, like, like, if, if at the end of this, you're like, okay, I'm ready to be great. How do I do it? I, I really think just, just working on yourself for a while. And anyway, like working on your self-care, like how do you treat yourself? Do you treat yourself the way you want to see other people in the world treating each other? Do you talk to yourself the way that you want the world to talk to each other? And if not, then like take, take time. And um, of course I would love it if you would take one of my programs, but if not that, then like go f- like read a book that inspires you, hang out with people that inspire you, take time to journal and, and that know that like you have other people in the world who, who care about this as well and who are, are doing this deep digging. I think it's so much of an individual process. We each have to really go into ourselves alone, but knowing that other people are out there doing it, I think that's where the support comes into is just knowing that you're not alone and that, that um, the other people out there who want to grow and want to change and that care about the world and that it's, it's not a weak thing to care. It's the strongest thing I know to like to care. So I, um, I'll look forward to like hearing stories of your greatness out there for you, Michelle, and for everyone else who's listening that I think that once we just get started, that there's really no end of the chain effect. And once we as individuals do this kind of healing, it, it really does create this tipping point. And I think we're more ready than ever for it. Cause like, what else are we going to do? <laughs> is kind of how I feel. Seriously. And I just want to put it out there. You know, a big part of my journey has been Um, getting okay with being single and having a really fulfilling, satisfying life being single. And as part of that journey, I've started a podcast, You're Single, We Get It. Um, And so for any of you out there who that might resonate with you or you'd like to get involved in that community, please reach out to us. There's a website, Facebook page, and, and Twitter handle. Yes. Yes. I, I love your single, we get it. It's, it's a really, I think it's really revolutionary the work that you're doing with that about like what it is to fully be an individual, whether or not you're in relationship or you're, you're not in relationship, but how to hold that, that piece of yourself. I think, I think it's a really futuristic way of being and that um, we're moving into that in a lot of ways. So yes, check out your single, we get it and um, stay tuned next week. Jill, Jill Carey is going to be here. We're going to be doing the um, human design podcast. You don't want to miss that. It's totally like changed the way that I see how I work and how I operate in this world. And once again, thank you. Really appreciate it, Michelle. Thank you so much, Chrissy. Welcome. Bye everyone. Dare to be great this week. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Gracie with Beautiful Life Self-Care. 
Thanks so much for listening to the show. I hope you learned something new. If you want to connect more, then visit me at selfcarewithgracie.com. There you can sign up for my weekly newsletter where on Wednesday afternoons, I'll send you more self-care practices, more inspiration, and more opportunity to connect to a community of people who really care about really good self-care. Also write me if you have any other questions or if you have ideas for future shows. My email address is selfcarewithgracie at gmail.com. Thanks a lot. And remember, keep putting yourself first and everything else will fall into place. Mm -hmm.